0: back to the Dharma Digs podcast, a podcast in pursuit of purposeful living. I'm your host. My name is Taylor Winchester, also known as TW, and it wouldn't be a show intro if I did not say thank you, thank you, thank you for taking a little bit of time out of your day, stopping by and tuning in to this podcast. All right, episode number six was a wonderful conversation I had a few weeks back now, but this guest is... Someone I met many years ago now, but she is just an absolute amazing person and does so many really cool things for her community. She happens to be the founder and creator of Connect Beyond Festival, which is a multidisciplinary art and music uh, festival that really explores how collaboration creates a narrative that can influence social change. She also happens to be the studio manager for uh, Echo Mountain Recording, also in Asheville, North Carolina. And other than that, I mean, she does, like I said, a lot of really cool things for the community, and I'll let her tell you a little bit more about all the stuff she has going on. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I hope that you do as well. And yeah, thanks again for being here. Now, without further ado, I will introduce you to Miss Jessica Thomason. Hey, Jessica, thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, We were just talking before we went live here about how busy you've been and um, to give everybody a little bit of background uh, as i introduced you in the the actual show introduction being the manager for Echo Mountain Recording Studio. Why don't you give a little background on yourself but talk a little bit about what you've been up to for the last uh, month or two and then what you got going on right now what's keeping you so busy.
1: Sure. So, you know, I've, I've been the studio manager here at Echo Mountain from the start, which uh, for me will be 15 years in January. And we're a full service analog digital recording studio. We've, we have clients that come from all over the country and all over the world and also serve a lot of artists based in Western North Carolina. And then I also produce festivals and events. And my I've, I've been doing that for over a decade And my latest uh, creation is Connect Beyond Festival, which is basically all about how art can inspire social change, and we do that through storytelling with music, film, and literature. So that is, uh, this is would've been my third year had it happened, but was postponed due to the pandemic, just like everything else. And uh, yeah, and so I've been really busy lately because since people can't tour, the studio is extremely busy. I also teach for Montreat college and I've been teaching a festival production class. In fact, that's what I was doing right before this was teaching my students, uh, actually giving them a hard time too, about the fact that they do their homework at eleven forty-five at night the night before. Um, and, and right before class starts at 11 on Wednesday. And so, um, so that's been keeping me busy and we've just been booked, solid in the studio and then been transitioning to doing some online events for connect beyond festival so we have a our second virtual film screening this saturday at 7 p.m eastern
0: cool yeah i was going to ask you a few of those things about kind of how you guys are evolving or pivoting in that in in regards to connect beyond but i didn't i don't think i realized that you taught at montreal or montreat um that's cool I, i didn't even realize that so
1: yeah, I, it's funny. I, I'm considered adjunct faculty and I've been teaching with them for about five years. We are, Echo Mountain is part of their four year music business degree program. And so I teach music entrepreneurship, I teach studio management, I teach some marketing. And this is my first time te- teaching the festival production class. But I think I'm sure I'll be doing more of that in, in the future too. So it's been fun. I've actually, I, I love teaching and I've been getting more into it. I taught a, arts and entrepreneurship class at Western Carolina in February of this year as well too so it's fun I like I like it I like sharing my knowledge yeah
0: for sure and very fulfilling I imagine my my dad is a, a he teaches and is the director of a writing center and that's you know as he transitioned into a teaching career that was the big thing he didn't he kind of I remember reading something or hearing him talk on a podcast about how he had like Kind of avoided it, but then once he once he kind of accepted it and dove into it, he the fulfillment that came out of it was it it's drew him into now that's what he does full time outside of writing. So um, that's cool that you do that, and obviously I'm sure sure the students are super appreciative and having access to somebody like yourself that has so much hands on and like real life experience in the world of music industry is um, is something that a lot of people don't have access to. So I'm sure they they find that valuable. But let's they do
1: and. and- I try to, I try to connect with them too. I, I try to, you know, I, I start every class that I teach with asking a lot of questions, right? Cause I want to know who I'm teaching, who, what do they, and what do they want to know? Because I can sort of tailor the information to a certain extent, or at least if I know, for instance, like even teaching a festival production class, if I know that somebody, their main goal of, of getting a, a education in music is that they want to be a session player, for instance, I can always pull those things back into even, how being a session studio session musician relates to the you know festival industry for instance so yeah it's
0: fun i was going to say your background is multifaceted enough that you could you could certainly find a way to to connect the dots on all of those things so that's um that's a lot of value to be on the other side of that i can only imagine to to really be able to apply it to that real world experience and, and learning it from somebody that's done so many different things so let's kind of Talk about that a little bit. So you and I met years ago now when I was still working at Live Nation, and I think you were managing Woody Wood and came down for a festival yeah. that we were working on. And fast forward to now, you mentioned your your main project outside of the studio work is the Connect Beyond Festival. So I think that that kind of uh, touches a lot on what my goal of this podcast is, is to really talk about how art um and how the creative aspect of art in general can really impact, um, I guess our day-to-day lives, but also how we as artists and creators and and event producers find a sense of purpose and value and fulfillment out of all of that. So talk a little bit, give a little more background on the connect beyond festival, but then also maybe what inspired you to pull these, all these different components of art in, in that world into this festival.
1: Yeah. So, you know, after, and it's funny because I was thinking about the same thing about how long ago, I mean, I think we met at the barbecue festival in, in,
0: that was it, Charlotte, in Charlotte or something yeah. like
1: that, that you had booked Woody for. And when I was managing him, which was great. And I just, um, I have this old book of like lyrics and things like that, that I just pulled out the other day. And on the cover of it, it's got my, my, uh, my little sticker from the festival, oh, the past. which I was like, yeah. Oh man, that's so <laughs> funny that, you know, just the universe sort of puts those things. It's like, Oh yeah, I'm about to talk to Taylor. And this, that's, pretty cool. So, and I remember that's when we met, but so, you know, after, after producing, uh, you know, festivals and events and doing those things for over um, you know, 10 years and in doing them in a lot of different facets, right. I've done, everything from beer festivals and bluegrass festivals to working on the Breeders' Cup horse race, booking the talent for the richest day in sports and for the live show with NBC for like 80,000 people in the stands and 60 million people around the, the world. It's just, it's just, you know, it just got to be one of those things where was like, I like to, I really do enjoy creating a good time for people, but at the end of the day, it just sort of became one of those things where I just felt like there's so many times that I've been moved by art, right? That you know, a movie that I've seen, or a book that I've read, or or you know, a song or something of that sort. That I know that art has the ability to be so much more impactful than just you know shaking your ass and having a good time. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I definitely have music that I love that is just that for me. Um, but I feel like you know, I wanted to create something that was a little bit more just more impactful you know it's like at the end of like I just think about how much and you know this right it's like and and I say this all the time it's one thing I say every time I teach a class or anything is that like working in music no matter what your position is in the music industry and a lot of the arts it's a lifestyle it's not just a career right we eat breathe sleep these things and when it comes to event production festival production you know it is not for the faint of heart it is so much time and energy and grueling work to put something on even small events like today music video Asheville is going on downstairs in the studio and just i didn't have anything to do with it right i, I recorded one little video for them yesterday for one of the categories but you know marisa blake who's involved she's like girl I mean, I don't even do this for, she's like, this is so much work. And I was like, I know I get it. So I just thought that, you know, if, if I'm going to keep putting that much time and energy into creating these things, these good times, why can't it be more than that? Why can't it, why can't we, I love storytelling and I love, I love stories. I love sharing stories. I love finding those commonalities in music and in, in film and in those in those characters that we can identify with and, and why can't we use those to help to create really the the world we want to live in, kind of like what you're talking about. And so, you know, I, I started this and I didn't want to just do music because I also, the reason why it's called Connect Beyond is like, I love connecting people. I've always like, people are always, you're a connector, that's what you do and i really love that part of it as well and so i was like if music can be a universal language and art can be this unifying thing where we start to really understand more about other people and understand more about ourselves why can't we come together and share these stories in these different artistic formats and talk about talk about it you know not just like not just have a sh- not just watch a show i mean it's this you know and but let's find out more like how do we connect more with the artist, and so, uh, or how do we connect more with the creator, whether that's a filmmaker, um, and then how do we put these people together, in a room together, and then talk about the things that are facing all of us? Whether you're a musician, or a, a journalist, or you're an activist, or a, just a, a like a community member, whether you're an accountant or those things, you know, we all sort of have these sort of common goals of how what we want in this world. So. Why not come, there's, there's strength in numbers. So why not come together and use, use storytelling to, to address those issues and also have those different difficult conversations. Cause that's the thing is like, we're not talking about, you know, we're, tr- we're trying to talk about the things that are hard to talk about. And here we are, you know, when I started this a couple of years ago, people were like, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. Oh, it's too heady. It's this or that. Right. Flash forward to now, and people are like, oh, so you were just ahead of your time, right? Because now like, holy crap, we got to talk about all this stuff that's like staring us in the face of systemic racism and climate change and, you know, and, and poverty and, and lack of resources to certain, you know, to, to, people in our own communities, like all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, great. Let's get back to that.
0: <laughs> yeah. And that's what I, I've, I have not been able or been fortunate enough to attend any of your connect beyond events yet, but, um just in watching from afar and, and, and following along, it's, it's, uh, really inspiring to see that the type of people and, and the names that you're bringing together in those formats. I mean, and so I can only imagine the folks that actually do attend these sessions and, um, the takeaways have to be pretty, um, pretty inspiring themselves, I imagine. So, uh, yeah, kudos to you on that. And, um, for those that are listening or watching on YouTube, head over is it connectbeyondfestival.com Yep, that's okay.
1: it. Okay.
0: Yeah, check it out. It's usually April every April, but so talk a little bit. I guess you said you've got a screening coming up this weekend. How are you how are you and the festival evolving with with COVID and, and uh kind of what's your plan moving forward?
1: Well, so I'll tell you, it's funny because because that be, because of the nature of what the festival is and that it's not just a music festival. Usually the way that I describe it to people, I say, it's a TED Talk meets a Tiny Desk Concert meets your favorite podcast meets Sundance Film Festival, right? And so there's a lot of different moving parts in in getting uh, people's schedules lined up. So it takes me about eight to 10 months to get, you know, the Megan Toohey's from the New York Times and you know, this film that just won at Sundance and this film and then, oh, you know, this band schedule fits in line with what they're doing and doesn't affect radius clauses and Bob Boylan wants to interview them. You know, it's like, so for me, it was like, I honestly, I was just frozen. I was like, I cannot put the time and energy into planning something else that's not gonna happen. I mean, I was, i don't even want to like i don't want to use the word heartbroken because i wasn't heartbroken i wasn't devastated it just to think that you know because and this was our year like i felt like year three everything lined up so perfectly it was just the programming was stronger than it had ever been people bought tickets before i even announced anybody i mean it just everything was just looking amazing and i've just been stuck um and also, you know, I'm not a big fan of like watching concerts online. It's just not something that I want to do personally. So that's the other part of it, is like trying to do something like that doesn't inspire me personally. Um so finally, you know, with with the help of my film partners from Social Construct, Zach uh Kilberg and Isweb, like they helped me to be like, okay, we gotta we have to do something. And so and especially with as the political climates continue to, to become more um, um, divided, one of the things, one of the films that I wanted to, that was scheduled to be screened at the festival was The Fight, which is about the ACLU. It falls four cases of the ACLU suing the federal government. Okay. Right. And one of them was over immigration, one was over women's reproductive rights, one was over LGBTQ rights, and one was over um, voter, voter voting rights. And so we talked to Magnolia Pictures and decided to make that happen and then do a live Q&A afterwards. So that was the other part of it is just, you know, just finding like the way of setting up the ticketing and then the technical side of things. But fortunately, you know, Magnolia already had all that figured out. They've already been doing it. So so we did a, we did that, and it was just sort of like I needed to get one under my belt and be like, okay, this isn't so bad. And it's, and it turns out that the day that we ended up doing that screening and I was moderating the Q&A, which involved um, Eli Desprez, who was one of the filmmakers, who was also involved in the some form or fashion with the RBG documentary, Dale Ho, who was one of the main subjects of the film, who's also the national director of voting rights for the ACLU and then another woman that was the uh she's a senior um counselor at the North Carolina ACLU. Well then they announced RBG's passing 20 minutes before we did the live Q&A. Oh wow. And I was like, "Oh my god." And it was on a Friday night, right? I've been working like how many days straight and I'm so fried <sighs> and I'm prepared, right? I'm super prepared to like host this Q&A until that happens. And you know, I'm like I'm a child of trauma, right? Like I've had a traumatic childhood. So it's like, I got those coping mechanisms down of just like compartmentalize that don't deal with that. Let's move ahead. And it's just like nobody else on that call was prepared to do that. And it was just like, um, RBG just died. Holy shit. (laughs) Let's talk about it. But it ended up being so great because, you know, there was probably 20 people in the Q and a, and, um, I got a flood of text messages and emails after just saying like, I'm, so glad that I had that space and that place to be in community um, because I was devastated about RBG and also I mean Dale is I mean if you're going to ask anybody about what the next steps were going to look like I mean Dale's the guy to answer that freaking question you know right. and so that was kind of how it went and Eli was like okay so before we even start this and talk about the film and all that stuff like Dale what do you know and and all of us were like hanging on every word, like, yeah, Dale, like what's going to happen? Like, is this going to, are they going to try and push? I mean, you know, and he pretty much called it, but
0: yeah, it's kind of
1: interesting. And so now we're getting ready, you know, and then this was the other thing too, is that, um, Oh, I wish I had it here. I have these stickers, right. And I made one that instead of saying connect beyond festival, music, film, and story, it says, if not now, then when, and, That was a quote from Dale in the movie, which was kind of funny because I completely forgot that I made these, right? (laughs) That said, if not now, then when? And then I rewatched the film and realized that Dale said in the film, he goes, you know, I always thought when I went to law school that I was at some point in my career, I was going to be a civil rights lawyer. He goes, and then I just looked around and I said, if not now, then when? And that was sort of became my mantra for the festival for this year, but well before like any of this stuff happened. And I was like, you know what, like if there's if I can do anything at this point moving forward, especially now, if not now, then when to help people cope or create whatever sort of, you know, form of their reality, you know that they need to during the pandemic, then this needs to be the time. And so I'm going to continue to do these. And we have, you know, the next film on Saturday is called feels good, man. And it's about, uh, artist Matt Fury who created this character, Pepe the frog. And I don't know if you're familiar with him or not, but so Pepe the frog was part of this, um, comic boys town that Matt created, And basically got co-opted and turned into an internet meme. This is when memes were really first starting. And then was co-opted by the alt-right and ended up on the Anti-Defamation League symbol of hate.
0: Oh, wow. Which was
1: never Matt's intent as a creator. And so the movie is really, it's really good. And it's really about him reclaiming his art and using it, turning it from a symbol of hate to a symbol of love. Um, but it's also, you know, so the film is great in that and the story itself. But also, it's fascinating. Like, I didn't know anything about 4chan and about um, sort of these underground networks, you know, on the internet of people and that, you know, how a lot of that like helped to get Donald Trump elected. Yeah. Um, and 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 it was really interesting because again, like part of the whole point of the festival is like, well, let's take a look at like why that happened, right? Mm-hmm. Let's take a look at like these folks that feel marginalized that are on the internet right that are in these chat groups where this is their only connection is online and they're marginalized out in the you know in out here in the in the real world not, not that the internet's not necessarily real but but it's like so we have to look at those things and just be like okay so why you know what are we doing in terms of how we're treating our our our, our neighbors and our fellow Uh, Men or or even our family that's in our basement online who feels like they don't have any sort of personal connection that they're going to the internet and and it's just it's super super fascinating it's a great movie and then we're gonna do a live Q and A afterwards with the film with the filmmaker and the producer and um, Allie McGee who's Dr. Ali McGee from AVL today and then Zach Kilberg from our from Social Construct so I'm just gonna keep moving forward in doing things like that. Um, and then I'm going to start looking at doing some smaller in-person events as we can in 2021, but I don't, I'm still figuring that all out. I don't, I keep saying heart telling, not knowing, you know, it's like, yeah. you know, that's like every band that comes through the studio. I'm like, first question, I'm like, so when do you think, when, when, when do you have dates booked? Yeah. When do you think you're going to be touring again? And everyone's like, oh, well, we have dates booked this winter, but we know they're not going to go through.
0: Right. Yeah. That whole uh, world is is, I mean, we're, you know, I, I live in that world a little bit, both from a performer standpoint, but also then from producing events myself and and booking talent. And, and it's so hard to put a finger on that, but, um, yeah, to go back to connect beyond, I, I, it's really cool because I think like the concept of this podcast ties into all of the things you're talking about. And it's really, um, it's really neat to see. And I can only imagine maybe the fulfillment that comes from within, from you, from a standpoint of making all those connections and, um, bringing these types of people that maybe live and play in different, uh, spaces together to really, um, to really engage in those conversations, because I think that is ever more important or it's never been more important than it is now. And, to your point, there there was it reminded me of a um, I think the New York Times produced the podcast, but it's called Rabbit Hole. It talks about this guy that yes. really got sucked into. I'll listen to it. Yeah, you know he only he only got his info from YouTube, and you know because of the algorithms, it drives him down this rabbit hole of content that is very specific and ends up being very very like extremism. And so yeah, I mean we need to as a society address those things, but also talk about how how do we build platforms? Or how do we build these very necessary things that have come, come to in our like day-to-day existence, such as the internet and these different platforms, but how do we use them for social good and change and positive conversations? And I think it's hard to, it's hard to even really assess that right now without looking prior to how do we get here. And so, you know, I I look forward So where would somebody find that info um, for these future screenings? Would that just be on the connect beyond festival website, best place to go?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they can go, they can go to connect festival.com and they can sign up for our mailing list. And that would probably be the best way. I mean, we, of course we're on all the socials. Uh, and it's funny cause did you, have you seen the social dilemma yet?
0: No, my sister-in-law like sent a text out to my wife and her family and was like, y'all have to watch this. And and so I, I have a, a you know, a sense of what obviously it, it's going to be talking about and how it dives into what it dives into, but I haven't seen it myself.
1: So I, I call it the, the rabbit hole 2.0. Okay. Right. So there's some of the same people, um, from rabbit hole, the podcast in that. Um, but it's cause it, and it's really interesting cause it's a lot of the people that, you know, created these different, you know, a lot of the higher ups at these, yeah. at these companies. And so while I'm like, you know, we're on the socials, but it's so funny because to me, it's like, they're just a necessary evil, right? It's like, you have to use them and put that stuff on, um,
0: well, yeah, it's like, I've seen, i see people
1: Instagram, but I mean, I, 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 I much rather just sign up for our mailing list and we'll just really only email you when there's something that we think is interesting that you should know about either that we're doing, or it's like, if you're interested in what we're doing, well, sometimes, you know, we'll share like, well, this is happening and it's, you know, it's not a connect event, but it's one of our partners or something of that sort that's worth checking out. So I'm trying to do more of that myself of just uh, not relying so much on social media because also, you know, from like the producer side of it, from the promoter side, it just, it just sucks that you can't, you know, like you're like, oh, Facebook's like you're trying to promote something. Well, not without giving us some money. And you know, and I get that to a certain extent, but it's also, you know, wh- when you're trying to share information for, for doing good things, it shouldn't be so hard to be able to connect with
0: people. 100%. So. Yeah. And I, I don't, I haven't researched it, but I, I've seen like Gary Vaynerchuk or he's pushing some new thing called community. Um, so I think oh. it's a new social platform. And like I said, I haven't, oh. I, I've done nothing other than see the ads that he's, he's delivered to me. So speaking of ads, but I think it's funny because I see some folks even this morning. Um, I logged to Facebook and somebody had like shared a article that was talking about, um, the Fed or somebody looking into Google and and all these things. And I'm like, you know, it's funny because people go on Facebook and complain about Facebook, you know, and about the way that they advertise to you and stuff. And it's like, what well, don't you know you're using this to complain about it? But um yeah yeah yeah, so it's It's a vicious circle we live in it is it is like you said it's a necessary evil i mean we we definitely need some of that connectivity and community but um how do you cut through the the clutter i guess you would say um well let's let's segue i know you are uh, limited a little bit on time so um let's talk a little bit about a your ted talk i thought that was really cool um if if i know that's from several years ago now but um, and I'm I'm sorry I did not jot down the actual name of the talk, but it's talk. It, I know you you touch on music and the kind of the role that it can play in our lives, and and there was um I don't even remember who who I pulled this quote from, but they were just talking about how uh, how a lot of times as an art form and music how much it plays a role in people's lives and you don't even realize it in the sense. And I know in your TED talk you you touched on like think about that song that reminds you of your first girlfriend or those first um, you know, th- those special moments in your life. And so, um, I'd love for you to share a little bit about, uh, your Ted talk and then maybe obviously folks can go check that out as well, but I, I really enjoyed it personally. And then also it was, it touched home for me because my f- grandfather, um, actually passed away from Alzheimer's. So like knowing the tie and, and the, um uh, the documentary that you pulled into there, which I, I did yeah. jot down, was alive inside. Like that was really cool to see the impact that that had on on that family. So yeah, tell us a little bit about that, and obviously your background in music and how all of those things come to come together. Yeah.
1: So, well, first, thank you, thanks, and thanks for checking it out. So the the basically, you know, when you do a TED talk, it's like, what's the big idea, right? And so mine was that music is essential to life,
0: essential, That's and you can
1: I mean. support your community. And each other by supporting music is basically what I was saying and so in the movie by the way the documentary which if you haven't watched the whole thing oh my gosh it was like life-changing for me and that's part of what my TED talk is about is that um so Alive Inside is basically the effect that it 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 documents the effect of music music has on people with Alzheimer's or dementia and so what I found out um, actually from Dr. Daniel Levitin, who's a neuroscientist and musician, um, who was one of the speakers at Connect Beyond Festival last year. Um, so the part of our brain that um, music accesses is, the, is so deep in our brain. Like we've, we learned music before we learned language, right? And so it's, it's so deep in the brain that these brain diseases typically don't affect that part that core part of the brain and so that's why with I use this clip at the beginning of my my TED talk of from Alive inside this woman they're asking her this information about you know who are you you know where did you grow up whatever and she's like I don't know I don't know I don't know and then they play her a Louis Armstrong song and she goes the first time I heard this song was in fourth grade you know I was going to the, my mom told me not to go to the dance and I went to the dance and I and she just, and then all of a sudden she's just talking all about her life. It brings her right back. And she's like, I didn't know I knew so much. I didn't know I could talk so much. Right. Because she's gotten to a point in her life where she's so, you know, she just, it's embarrassing, you know, to forget your, you know, I mean, I get it. It happens to me sometimes. And it's, um, so I can only imagine. And so it's just music has there's so much to it, right? It's so powerful. It's a universal language. It's a way for us to communicate. It has this, this, um, effect on our, uh, on our, on us, on our brains, you know, in terms of it, it can literally help us in that regard. And, um, you know, but also the other thing is, is like, you know, music is, it can be an economic driver, right? It's like, it, it supports, music supports a lot of jobs. It's, music is a huge part of tourism that in the city that I live in, tourism is our main industry. Music is a huge part of that happening. Like people coming into town that stay at hotels, that shop at local businesses, that eat in restaurants, you know, music's the driving force that brings them in. And so that is really the, my, my, my talk is about like you, when you support music, you are supporting your community, right? You're supporting, you know, you're supporting the musicians, you know, you're, you're not just supporting the musicians, but you know, you're supporting the local businesses. Um, you know, it's sort of like, it, it, it goes all through that. And I use the festival as an example, right? It's like, obviously, the festival is not just music, but the amount of money that my first year three-day festival put into the community, I can't remember off the top of my head. I want to say it's maybe $42,000. And that's just like, that's the direct, like I can look at those numbers and those checks and who they went to and it's all local. Right. Right. And then those, that $42,000 went and was spent and trickled down and trickled down and trickled down. And so, you know, that's the other part of it that I mean by in terms of like economic driver of, of creating business but it's just you know there's so much that it can do for us you know it's like music can be healing um i i'll tell you this this i'll try and make this quick so um i had the opportunity at one point to f- fulfill a wish for a make-a-wish foundation and again the universe just puts you where you're supposed to be at certain points right and i was actually already in the hospital. Because a dear friend of mine who is in music, for been in music for a long time, um, had a seizure while we were working together in the studio. Mm. And so I had been in the hospital with him for a week. And it was the day that he had come out of this medically induced coma. Um, I got a text from the studio and they were like, hey, answer your phone when it rings because it's Make-A-Wish Foundation. And they're trying to reach you and so I answered my phone and the woman was like, we have this kid, he's not expected to live through the weekends and um, his dying wish is to record a song that he wrote and he's at Mission Hospital. And I said, I'm in Mission Hospital right now, like on the phone with you. I'm in I- I'm in ICU. Um, and they're like, well, okay, well, he's on the fourth floor. I'm like, can you see if I can just go walk down there? And so like, as I'm... She's like, I'll call you back. So as I'm going down, when she calls me back to the, to the floor, to two floors down to the, the child unit, pediatric unit, um, my friend is being wheeled out of ICU and into the, um, neurology department or whatever. And so I go down and I talk to this kid and, you know, he's 18 and he's, tells me you know he's written this rap and he wants to make this thing and so I'm like okay so long story short like I make it happen so I I basically call in three friends um engineers and musician and a lyricist to help write all this and I build a mobile studio the next day in the pediatric ward and we record this song for him Meanwhile, my friend is just waking up after being in a coma for a week while we were in the middle of working on a record and he's like, Oh my God, the record, the record, the record, you know, he's like, what are we going to do? And I was just like, Hey, bigger issue at hand. We got to help this kid. And I am helping this kid. And this is what's happening. And so he's like, Okay, you know, I said, you're gonna help me mix this like we're gonna make mix I've sent it to my chief engineer here to mix it overnight. And I was like, but we're gonna make mixed mix notes and we're he's gonna present this the next day to his family and friends and all of this stuff. And we decorated the room and my friend is is very accomplished. And so he had a number of platinum and gold records and he's brought, you know, his wife went home and got them. And so we set up the room and my friend got to, we, we got clearance to roll him down to be a part of it. And meanwhile, Make-A-Wish was like shooting everything and getting all this footage of us working together and so we basically, um, we, we played a song for the audience and, and he got to talk about it. We got to watch the video and then we did a and a, and somebody was like, what's next? And he's like, well, I wrote three more songs last night that I'm excited about. Wow. And so I was leaving for LA the next day, um, with my boyfriend who was helping me too. And I was like, look, I'm going to LA for a week, but when I come back, we'll, we'll you know, we'll come back in. And so, cause you know, they told me he's not expected to live through the weekend. And so we went to LA and we came back and I called the hospital and they're like, yeah, yeah, he's still here. And so my boyfriend and I went in and we started working with him on his next song. And he ended up living another month. Um, We never finished the next song. We did work on it, but, um, but when the hospital, when they, Basically his doctors called or first they emailed me to tell me that he had passed. And then when we had this like Memorial thing for him, um, which by the way, he got to keep one of the gold records that my friend gave him. Um, He um, the doctors came up to me and they're like, look, we just want to tell you that like what you did, you, it was the music that kept him alive. Like that you fulfilling that wish for him was just the most amazing thing and they're like you you gave his family another month with Uh him and you know it's just it's it's hard to still not get like choked up about that right yeah
0: absolutely it's like
1: but man that's like the power of music though right it's like that kid lived an extra month like his parents had an extra month of time with him because of that love of music for him. And of course it's like, the doctor's like, look, it's not like I can't scientifically prove the fact that that happened, but I can tell you, I've been working with him for years. Like it was like the one thing he woke up every day and was so happy to do.
0: Wow.
1: Um, and so, you know, like if, I mean, come on, like that's like, if that doesn't tell you, you know, that that impact that it can have on us is just, I don't know. and you know, maybe some people will think I'm cr- crazy for that, but I, but I don't, it's like, I, I, I got to, you know, what an amazing, like, to me, that was like, um, and that was before I did the first connect, right. I was in the middle of putting it the first one together. This was in like, so this was about in January three years ago. And, um, yeah, it's like, I'm, that's, that happening made me realize that I was doing what I was supposed to be doing with creating this festival.
0: That's your dharma. Because if it can have
1: that impact, what, what, what else can it do?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, before you, you even got emotional telling the story, I was like getting chills, you know, as you, as you kind of uh, laid it all out there and Hey, that's really cool. I love make a wish. I'm I'm friends with some of the folks that are based here in Charlotte and have, have done a hike to raise money for them. And, Um, they do some really, really cool things, but yeah, I think that goes back to, you know, the, the looking for the purpose within what we do as creatives. And for you, you just touched on it like that. What more can you do to feel a sense of purpose and and fulfillment and being able to like make that type of impact on somebody? It's, it's absolutely amazing. And, you know, I obviously applaud you in that, but also, have to say somebody brought up to me when I announced the podcast they're like you do so many you have so many different projects going on how do you do it and I'm like thinking now like no Jessica has so many projects that she's (laughs) always got going on so um well let's talk a little bit because you I know you're a huge dog lover too so let's talk you know part of this whole podcast I want to share some quotes and things that kind of make us stop and maybe say hmm think about things and so I'll read the quote real quick and just give me your feedback on that. And this is um this is actually from Mary Oliver uh it's called Dog Songs and this quote is um I pulled it from I think it's from The Summer Beach, which is like more it's not it's not much of a poem as much as maybe it was like one of her essays. But anyways, here's the quote. It's because of the dog's joyfulness, our own is increased. It is no small gift. It is not the least reason why we should honor as well as love the dog of our own life and the dog down the street and all the dogs not yet born. What would the world be like without music or rivers or the green and tender grass? What would this world be like without dogs? So I think about that. I have a dog. Um, I lost my first, like my dog um, well before his time should have come. But so I personally have a, a you know a sense of how they impact me but how do dogs play into your life and maybe kind of give you that sense of joy and and comparing it was really interesting that that quote compared it obviously to like music and the green grass because those are all things that I know you I know I those are comment. all
1: my favorite things yeah, yeah right like being outside and you know because I love you know we share that obviously love of being outside uh, first of all I love that quote um and I have uh, a uh Mary Oliver uh, quote in my bathroom that says, the beginning is always today. Very um, nice. And so, but, you know, I do, I love, I love dogs. Um, I don't have, you know, I'm in my 40s. I don't have children, right? And so I have dogs. And I foster dogs all through this pandemic, as you know, because I try to get you in on my little <laughs> scheme here. Um, but, you know, th- just that unconditional love you know, and, and that dogs have, and dogs just, there's no judgment from dogs, right? They don't, they don't care how bad your breath sinks in the morning or, you know, any of, any of that sort of thing. But also it's like, they're so dependent on us, right? It's like, I, you know, when I was, you know, I wasn't, when I was talking about having a traumatic childhood earlier, the, the beauty of being a human is that, you know, I can do the work to get through that, right? And I can, like, whatever was bestowed upon me in terms of, of the way that others have treated me in the past, like, I, I can work through that stuff. Like, dogs don't necessarily have the capacity to do that, right? It's like, they're dependent on us. And so it's like, that's one of the things about fostering is, like, they don't, they don't generally, the dogs don't come to me because they're in good shape, right Right? they come to me because they're a wreck in some form or fashion and like have been traumatized and need a place to decompress and then figure out like how to help them be them best their best selves right so you know they just to me is like dogs just make the world a better place um with with they just bring so much joy and it's funny because I wanted to bring my dog today uh I have a foster fail and
0: foster uh, fail.
1: Foster fail, yeah, yeah. I fostered her and just decided to keep her, but she she did not want to get out of bed. So things have changed from when I first got her six months ago. But yeah, it's just like, you know, there's just something about that. Um the love that dogs give you. And, you know, and they're just so fun and playful and and you know, they dogs remind me, keep me. And check about being a human being and not a human doing. Does that yeah. make sense? Wait,
0: what was the last part? Not a human, what? That
1: I'm a human being, that I'm a human being, not a human doing.
0: Uh, human doing. Yes. Yes.
1: Right. Cause it's like, I'm always like, I'm, I have severe ADD that, you know, I always have things going on all over the place. And, you know, and it's like, sometimes I'm just like laying on the couch with the dog. And I'm like, I feel like I need to be doing something. And, I go to get up and the dog's like, nope, this is what you're supposed to be doing right now. You're supposed to be laying here on the couch with me and just, you know, enjoying the snuggles. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. I don't have to be cleaning the floor while on the phone, talking to somebody and, you know, um, folding laundry at the same time.
0: Yeah. I mean, what you're saying is essentially it, it, it they have the capacity without knowing it or purposely doing it themselves, but to, to make you or make us become more present in the moment if we allow it, you know? And, and yeah. I couldn't agree more in the sense of like, when it feels like the world's burning down around us, um, to go play in the backyard with our dog or go on a walk and, and kind of just spend the, the time with them. It kind of allows an escape to a degree, uh, of remembering in a way that, not really an escape, but a bringing back to, to kind of the, that presence. Do you need to get that?
1: Yeah. Can you hold on?
0: Yeah. We're holding here. We've got important studio stuff happening over there. So we're going to, we're going to let Jessica do her work.
1: Hold on one second. Yeah. I mean, this is part, it's so funny because it's like, it's just part of, Part of pandemic times, normally I'd have like at least an, one intern here or an Autumn would be here who is my other half of my brain but it's you know, it's just bare minimum so yeah. I have taught my Montreat class before this and literally had to answer the phone like 10 times and they were like, geez, it's busy today. Part of it's, we're just, these are all packages that are coming yeah. and so they could be for the band that's here which is why I want to answer it um, but yeah it's just it it's my job title no matter what it is whatever i'm doing my job title is always whatever it takes whatever so it takes
0: the wear Sometimes that
1: means answering the phone during a podcast <laughs> absolutely
0: the wearer of many hats for sure so yeah well right. i know we're jack we're, of all
1: trades master of none
0: that's yeah. right yeah that's right and i i prefer that myself too so um, well let's let's wrap because I know you've got another another uh, call I do coming I have another up.
1: call right after this with my with the people for the film for feels good man to go cool. through all the yeah. logistics the the technical stuff
0: for this weekend yeah well thank you so much this episode will air after the the film or the film you're talking about this weekend but um, everybody definitely check out connectbeyondfestival.com. get on that email list so that you can uh, be in the loop on the future film screenings and and whatever cool projects you guys do um so let's let's end with I like to end we've already talked a little bit about the um Alive Inside project but you also have a nonprofit you started in Asheville so will you tell everybody a little bit about that because I like to touch on kind of the the feel good the community driven side of things and how people maybe can support what it is you think or what it is you support and in this case what you've started
1: yeah. And so also I'll tell you, so I just received my nonprofit status for connect beyond festival. Too,
0: awesome. by the way. Congrats, yeah. So that
1: was like eight months in the making um, and many, many pieces of paperwork with the IRS. Um, but my other nonprofit that I started five years ago was, is Asheville music professionals. And so Asheville music professionals, our mission is to create uh, uh community. Uh, we provide education and advocacy as well as communication and collaboration, between uh the music industry in western north carolina so pre-covid we we do events every month and so sometimes it's just a networking event for people just to connect and hang out um and then other times it's like we've done health events we actually just did an in-person event a couple weeks ago we did a uh in-person grief counseling event because we've lost a couple people in the music community recently have passed away and so we felt that we felt it was important to to do that. And so we worked with some counselors from Four Seasons and um, did some grief counseling and and not just necessarily around like the loss of these people, but, you know, the loss of careers right now and the lack of connection. And so we did a safe um, in-person event um, and then you know, and then we do events on everything from. Marketing and publicity, or publishing, or we work with music cares. We do a health and wellness event every year where we provide custom earplugs for people and talk about, you know, best practices, healthy practices while on the road. And we talk about mental health and all that sort of stuff. So um, it's just actualmusicprofessionals.com. We also have a database on there. So you can really find anything you're looking for music related, whether you're a musician looking for a publicist, whether you're looking for a piano teacher for your kid. looking for a graphic designer you can really go there and look through the database and find anything music related any music related business so we have about there's about 400 um profiles in there that you can check out
0: very cool it's a super cool organization i've been fortunate to to come up and be a part of one of your events and i saw that was a
1: great event that you were at that
0: was the turnout was amazing there was a lot of people there and i know um i forget I, i think I don't know. There was somebody I was talking to that somehow that that event actually came up in conversation not too long ago. But um but I saw you also recently did kind of like a, a food, not a food drive, but you were giving out meals oh, to yeah, musicians we, and stuff. Yeah,
1: that's right. We did a, so we worked with Sierra Nevada and we did a CSA giveaway. We gave away over two weeks 150 CSAs, but then we also did a food giveaway. Um, so you know, just serving the needs during the during the pandemic. And so we did, we served over a thousand meals during eight weeks, uh, working with Harris center downtown Harris, Cherokee center downtown, and then working with some local restaurants and chefs to, to provide meals to, uh, anyone. And that's like anyone in music, right? This is not just artist space. It's like you work security, you work in ticketing, whatever. It's like, you're an usher. Great. You know, nobody was ever turned away. And so it was just a really, um, it's just what doing whatever we can to support one another right now is really what it's
0: all about. Absolutely. I completely agree. And and obviously applaud, as I mentioned earlier, applaud you on all of these things. So thank you a, for the time that you've allotted to, to chat with me today. I really appreciate that. And and also thanks just for, for being such a, a shining light in the community and in the industry. And please keep shining that light, you know, keep doing all the stuff you're doing. That's super cool. So thanks. thanks. For and you
1: me. too. I can't wait to, um, Check out more of your podcasts and and some of the guests you've had on, and so keep doing it. I appreciate
0: so, it. I appreciate it. Yes, yeah, so everybody, go follow Jessica on the socials. Do you want to tell them? If, I don't know if you care if people follow you on your personal page, but obviously, definitely go follow Connect Beyond Festival. Follow the Asheville Music Professionals. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, else? it's it's you know if they want to, I I, I post just normally silly funny stuff. It's it's, it's either about dogs or the golden girls or bacon. That's and, like, if any of those interest you, you can follow me on Instagram at kittenmittens323.
0: kitten mittens, three, two, three.
1: I do like to dress up like an old woman from time to time. So, you know, there's that. Um, and then I'm on Facebook and I'm on, uh, that's it. That's all I'm on. Cool.
0: Well, <laughs> that's th- all I can handle. <laughs> it's a lot. It's really
1: just to promote my things. Yes, Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I feel you there. I'm, I'm right there with you. So, well, thanks again, everybody. Um, definitely go check her out. Check out all she has going on. And, uh, and yeah, thanks for tuning into this episode. We will catch you again soon. Hey, Dharma digs fam real quick before you tune out all the way. Could I ask one quick favor of you, wherever it is that you're listening to this today, would you mind subscribing to the channel, following, uh, leave a comment and a review, maybe just share the episode with your friends on social media? As much as I am super grateful that you have taken time to listen to this podcast, it would help me grow and maybe reach a few more listeners if you had a moment to share as well. So I hope that you're enjoying what you're hearing. Please let me know what you'd like to hear more or less of and reach out. If you want to check out what I got going on, you can follow along on the socials or head over to my website at wcreative.com. That is D-U-B-Y-A-W creative.com. Thanks again for being here. Everybody have a wonderful day. Sending you out of here with love and light. Namaste.